You are listening to the 108 Bricks podcast. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at 108 Bricks Pod and get involved with the conversation using the hashtag 108 Bricks. Also, be sure to go ahead and follow us on Facebook too. Go ahead and give us a like. And we post the latest Cubs news and updates right there, and you can get involved with each show on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome in, Cubs fans. Curtis Cope. Hey, it's Dylan. <laughs> See, you yelled at me last week for not like introducing <laughs> you and everything, and then this time I do it, and you're just there like, uh. <laughs> that didn't go as well as expected. <laughs> well, it's, I tried. You tried. You tried so hard. <laughs> got so far, but this in the end, the it doesn't even matter. This is the podcast, Yes. Folks. Because this is the 108 Bricks podcast. It's a Cubs we podcast. Were, we talk we about the team. on June 20th. <laughs> we talk about the team during the season. We have shenanigans along the way. Sometimes you'll hear my dog. Sometimes Dylan will leave me hanging. Your dog just disagrees with everything we say most of the I time, just don't think honest. she likes Gary Sanchez. That's it. Because yeah. that's what happened. And Wilson Contreras. No, I think she likes Wilson Contreras. But I think when we were... T- if I remember oh, correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. you were talking about Gary Sanchez being like a, a, a comparable... Or something like that, and she was. That's when she disagreed. But um, yeah, so don't just don't, don't say his name ever. So. Just don't say Gary Sanchez's <laughs> name ever. Um, so and the day of recording, Cubs just came off a uh, nice shutout of the Dodgers, um, seven, going out of town to uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, John Lester. Go ahead. Sorry, they're heading to Cincinnati next. We'll talk a little more about that um, later. But I guess the the big news right now is the the Dodgers who are actually looking pretty hot as of late still without clayton kershaw um came into wrigley in my opinion and we should have taken all three games but two of three was the best we got in that situation especially with the strong showing offense defense and pitching all just sort of clicked today mm-hmm. as you said a strong showing out of lester a stronger showing out of Baez, who had a little bit of a scare the, a few nights ago with uh taking a 90, 90 or so mile an hour fastball to the elbow. Oh god, it looked like it hurt too. Like yeah. it just in general well, it, it looked it, like it. So hurt. It basically, I think it hit him in the funny bone. Yeah, and Nothing he just funny lost about that. all the feeling in his hands, and pretty much he wasn't able to get the feeling back in his hands, like before, like the time allowed to yeah. get off the field. So he was taken out of the game. Pretty much just woke up the next day, had a bruise on his elbow. I was like, all right, I'm fine. I'm not going to go even get x-rays or anything. I want to play tonight. <laughs> like, like yeah. It was actually pretty insane. And he came back the next day for the night game, Had a, or actually had a, a pinch-hitting appearance in game one, then showed up and played the full game two. Obviously, he's back to feeling his full self from, from what we saw today. Hit a triple. Basically, it just seems like Javi is just pretty much the same old person he got a few <laughs> days rest and came back ready to fire and so good to see him take two of three especially against another team that honestly the odds of seeing another dodgers cubs nlcs is probably pretty good so yeah it's really. nice to see him playing this team well playing them close um taking the games where they need to take them and honestly they should have been able to win all three of them if it wasn't for a bad uh, pitching decision in the ninth inning in game one yeah and on top of that though too 
I mean, we kind of hinted at it earlier. They're, they're tied for the lead in the NL Central um, with the Brewers. And I, as we're recording this, if the Brewers play tonight and lose, the Cubs have sole possession. But if they win, I think they regain a half-game lead over um, the Cubs. But I know the Cubs do have uh, the lead in the wild card over the Nationals. Um, the Nationals just haven't seemed to kind of turn things into a, a longer stretch of a, of a winning streak, kind of like how the Cubs have had rate, uh, as of late. Um, but some good news, though, on uh, Wednesday as uh, you Darvish threw uh, a simulated game. Um, and from what everything was been tweeting about and everything like that, it, it seemed like he feels good. It's just they, they might be pulling back the reins a little bit, the Cubs, that is, and they'll kind of evaluate how he feels tomorrow or Thursday before this is uh, broadcasted to you guys um, before they decide the next step. And it seems like he might throw another simulated game. um, But Darvish said that he is only going to need one rehab start. And that was both uh, broken by uh, Gordon Whitmire and Bruce Levine, who said that um, he'll need only one minor league rehab start before he's ready to come back. Um, But there was a bunch of videos. Kelly Kroll posted a video on Twitter of Darvish throwing and, uh, uh, Phil Barnes also uh, posted a video of Darvish throwing um, his simulated game, and it's a good sign, but it's also going to kind of lead to some more questions regarding the, the team heading forward because, holy shit, Mike Montgomery has been so yeah, good really. recently for this team, and I mean, it, it's just one of those things now you look at the, the Cubs and you look at their starting pitching situation, and do you think, well, are, are, is Mike Montgomery going to be the, the guy in the rotation? Is Maybe Tyler Chatwood going to be the the oddball out, and maybe work on some things down in AAA and come back. Uh, you know, who knows what what will happen um, there with that. But it, you know, there's a lot of also question. Maybe they go to, um, maybe the Cubs go to a six man rotation. Um, but you know, you know, we don't know that in, until really the time comes. But there were some interesting um, stats and tweets that I found um, while getting prepared for today's show. And one of them was from Krista Luca who said, uh, Cubs starting pitchers have allowed one or zero runs in seven straight home games for the first time since May 11th June to June 7th, 1919 for those seven games. And that's according to stats. Um, Inc. so the Cubs starting pitching at home has been great. Uh, really enough. You can't say much more there. Um, but you know, then you kind of look at that and you think maybe they don't need a starting pitcher after all, because, Mike Montgomery has been a big part of that. And in his first five starts since he's joined the rotation, he's gone, I kid you not, the first four starts have been six innings pitched, one earned run. So that times four. And then his last start against the Dodgers, he went five and two thirds and he allowed no runs. And he's been great for the Cubs in the absence. And overall, is he's played, he's had five games in the starting role this year. Four or 18 hits, four runs in 105 uh, batters faced is beyond impressive so far yeah we know and it's funny because you know looking at the beginning of the year montgomery was pretty vocal about saying he wants to be in more of a starting role he'd like to if possible find a a a team that would allow him to fit into that starting role and with the whole darvis situation he now has this opportunity and he seems to be just rolling with it um and it makes an interesting uh situation although jed hoyer was quoted saying that when the time comes, they're pretty much just going to use common sense when it comes down to who's going to still be in the rotation. Obviously, it's a matter of who, when you Darvish comes back. Um, I, I, a lot of people are saying it's going to be around the All-Star break, probably after the All-Star break. He still yeah. has to do, um, at the very least, one rehab assignment down in AAA. Mm-hmm. So he'll have to get that out of the way. 
then you're probably going to have to see how he's feeling after that. And a lot of people are sort of complaining about it. We had this big contract, but because of this big contract, I'm like, let's take our time. Let's make sure he's good, ready to go. We still have a lot more years of you, Darvish, ahead of yeah. us. So let's make sure he is as, as healthy as possible and ready to come back and be the dominant pitcher that he, he is and that we've seen from him. But so far... Mike Montgomery has stepped up to the plate tremendously and, and it's really helped the Cubs propel themselves to the situation that they're in. I think uh, comparing it, I believe last Sunday, the situation there and they were they're 10 games ahead of what they were in this spot. I think on last Friday, they mm-hmm. were 10 games ahead of what they were last year, which was just about 500. And now they're around down there just over 10 games above 500 in first place until Milwaukee plays tonight, and then hopefully maybe they'll actually finally have sole control over first place. But this is the best baseball we've been seeing from this team so far in this one to two week stretch. And I think it also sort of piggybacks on that starting pitching, how they've had some of the best ERAs and um, the least earned runs for a very <laughs> since a, the Cubs team since what was the year that you had said? Yeah, uh, 1919. 1919 so yeah. yeah when you're starting pitching is rolling everyone else can sort of back, get behind it and, and it shows yeah and another thing too here's another tidbit tweeted from patrick mooney um about mike montgomery he's the first cub since at least 1908 to allow one run or fewer while pitching at least five innings in the first five starts of a season uh, and montgomery was uh, quoted as saying i love being in the spot where i play an important role so obviously Montgomery is thriving from it, both you know stats wise and mentally and all that other stuff too. Um, but it'll be fun to see this team going forward because um, the starting pitching has been great. Um, one of the guys that I have been looking at recently, who pitched today on Wednesday, was John Lester. Um, also from Stats Inc. from Chris DeLuca, he's got a 0.47 ERA, um, two earned runs in his last 38 and a third innings pitch, and. His last six home starts, it's the fifth lowest in Cubs history since 1913 over a six-start span. And uh, he's been great this whole season for the Cubs. And I've been thinking about this a lot. And once I saw Bob Nightingale tweet this, I thought that it just kind of more solidified my thinking that this is probably a legitimate argument to be made. Um, John Lester, in my opinion, I think he might be one of the greatest free agent signings since... Andre Dawson in Cubs like franchise history. Um, he's really, when you think about it, he kind of was the transformation of just the culture of the clubhouse to becoming a winning team. I know David Ross gets a lot of credit for that too, but um, those two guys in particular, and with your big game, big money pitcher and John Lester, um, obviously winning a world series, they've reached three straight NLCS appearances because of that. And he just continues this season to, to dominate so far. Um, was going the seven shutout innings against the Dodgers. And he's just been, on all levels, the the guy that you've expected. And we thought heading into the season that this might be the beginning of the decline of John Lester because, you know, last year, at about this time, Lester was struggling to get out of the first inning. And there was that one game in Pittsburgh where the the Pirates were up like 14-2 to or something like that after, you know, the, the first or two innings or whatever like that. It was just insane how... 
how much he was struggling, but now he's turned things around and it's been great to have that top of the rotation guy that can still lead your team. And he's not getting the strikeout numbers or, you know, the, the career highs or whatever that he's getting, but he's getting the job done and that's what you need. And um, Kyle Hendricks, who's allowed a, a pretty good amount of home runs so far this season, his numbers are up, um, but he's still having a pretty decent year. Jose Quintana has been really solid the last few years and with Montgomery and, uh, and Chatwood and all the other guys in that rotation, you know, it's good to have a guy that you can rely on. And Lester has been that guy. Yeah, it really, you can't say anything more about the guy. It's it's pretty impressive, especially with how much people were starting to think Lester was on the decline last year when he was having those times where he was struggling to even get out of the first inning, which was pretty insane. But really, he is like the heart and soul of the rotation. When he's feeling it, everyone else feels it. He's one of those great veteran presence to have in the clubhouse, a guy who really is just out there to get the job done and he gets the job done well, shutting down the uh, the LA Dodgers offense today, which is quite a quite a tremendous feat, seeing as how hot the offense ha- their offense has been lately. Well, and, um, and not to take anything away from them, but they they are the Dodgers themselves are pretty injury depleted. Um, I, I know Cody Bellinger has been a pretty good um, staple of that offense. Same with Matt Kemp, but um, I, I want to say they've had a few guys on the DL, and I'll have to look this up just to see how many guys they they have on the the DL in terms of like their their positional players but they have um <laughs> I'm just looking at it right now uh 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 guys on the on the DL um half of them are on the 60 day DL um and the other half are on the 10 day DL Kershaw Utley um a lot of those guys now granted some of these guys are pitchers so it's obviously a different uh, rotation and a different picture when you have your whole entire team healthy, including Kershaw at the top of the bullpen and everything like that. But I mean, it in general, it's just good to see that you have these guys um, able to play at different positions if you're a Dodgers fan. But um, Utley has a sprain left thumb. I'm not saying he's, and obviously losing Corey Seager too out for the remainder of the season with Tommy John. So, I mean, this this team is a different look to it than in years past, but, I mean, there's still a, a very solid team up and down through that order and on their depth chart. Yeah, there's certainly nothing to laugh about, especially because they've been playing pretty hot lately. Um, looking ahead, though, just Reds coming up. That should be a good series for the Cubs. Um, yeah. I expect to take at least three or four with that. Um it's interesting going to see because they go back to the Dodgers and then the Twins come into town, followed by uh, the Tigers and the Reds. So really, the Twins are actually playing pretty decent baseball. The Dodgers are obviously playing decent baseball. And then you kind of have the Tigers who are struggling. Yeah. And and then obviously seven games against the Reds. And <clears throat> it, it sort of helps out the Cubs a bit, get a little break in between some of these tougher teams. Been on the road a ton as of late, I think there was only in the month of June, the Cubs are home 13 games, probably less. Actually, no, mm-hmm. I think it was 11 games. They had only 11 home games. So July, I'll come through. I know they're in town on July 4th, get some more games at Wrigley Field, which is always nice, especially during these summer months. And hopefully make use of these games against the Reds, uh, against the struggling teams, uh, especially the Reds, especially the Tigers. Make sure they can secure that spot in first place. It'll be interesting to see those four games 
what happens in LA against the Dodgers. I'm going to be looking at that pretty closely because it all the games you would say in Wrigley were close, mm-hmm. and you know, especially after getting blanked and then walked off the night before, that's not going to sit well with the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, that's not going to sit well at all with anyone actually, and so really. I want to see what that's going to be like. They're going to be looking to win those games. It was I've been hearing there was people saying it was almost like a playoff-like atmosphere at the ballpark over the past few days, and it should those should be four really fun games to watch coming up over the next week or so. Yeah, and I'm looking at the the just the first two starters um, between the Cubs and Reds during that series, and uh, of course this airs after. Well, this will be available after this game is aired, but Matt Harvey gets the start for the Reds in the opener on Thursday. Um, in his last start, though, he gave up uh, three runs over five innings to the Pirates. Um, and from if I remember correctly, his last few starts, he hasn't been... Yeah, his last two starts, he hasn't been doing too well. He's 0-2, ERA at 6.75, and he's got 10 strikeouts. While Hendricks has kind of turned it around a little bit, but he's, again, the... the he keeps giving up these first inning home runs, and a lot yeah. more people are squaring up the ball on him, which... Yeah, he concerns me a little bit, and I think this will be a big test for Jim Hickey is trying to find a way to fix that. Yeah, he's given up 14 home runs this year. Half of them, seven of them, have been in the first inning. He did not get a decision against the Reds his last time out on May 19th. Um, so, But in Hendricks' last three starts, he's 1-2 and two with a 5.06 ERA, 12 strikeouts. Um, so that could be a, a factor heading into this one, too. Hendricks trying to look to turn things around and not give up. Um, the early long ball. And then you have uh, Quintana going for game two on Friday um, or today, if you're listening to this today. And then the weekend series, they haven't quite, they, the Cubs haven't announced it yet, but I'm assuming it'll be Chatwood on Saturday. Um, or, or maybe what they do is hopefully get you Darvish back. Who knows? But then um, they haven't announced yet who will go on Sunday either. So we'll see what happens between those games, but um, it'll be a fun time to see what happens with, I'm interested in the the Matt Harvey start and matchup between the the Cubs and Reds because obviously the history of the playoffs there in 2015 and then also um, Harvey's just been going through a lot of his struggles too trying to regain his form because after 2015 he just had not been the same pitcher that he once was and um, I mean he retired 10 of the last 11 batters that he faced in his last start before after giving up the three runs but um, the Reds as a team they have lost each of his last four starts, which is also um, a, a pretty big number there that could go in the Cubs' favor. So hopefully we see a turnaround from Hendricks, and hopefully uh, we can beat up Matt Harvey a little bit. Um, but I'm looking forward to going back to L.A. I'm not looking forward to late start times, but I'm looking forward no. to... Yeah, those are going to be some late games, which is not fun at all. Yeah, but, but. <laughs> then you, I, I'm looking at the schedule. You know, The only team that really sticks out that you know the Cubs might split a series or lose a series against is the Dodgers, the team they just played. Um, and that'd be four games in LA. Um, but I see, yeah. I could see the Cubs taking two or three out of four against the Reds, maybe sweeping the Reds. Then they have the host, the Twins. I think the Cubs are a way better team than the Twins. I think that could go in the Cubs' favor too. The Tigers, same thing. Um, and then the the Reds. So they've got a lot of uh, favorable matchups coming in their way, and I think that could be a good chance for them to distance themselves between um, Milwaukee in the standings here. Um, yeah, and. That's always fun to see. I, I don't have Milwaukee's schedule coming up. I don't either. Let I'll me look uh, that up real fast. Okay, while you're looking that up, let me <laughs> quickly kind of just preview what our next two topics are before you wrap up the the show. It's um, Brewers, Cardinals, oh. Royals, and then the Reds. So it's they don't have the 
So they, they have a pretty good series against the Cardinals coming up, which I kind of hope the Cardinals... Yeah, that'll be big. A lot of divisional play coming up. Brewers, yeah. Cardinals, Cubs, Reds, Brewers, Reds. Uh, then they go up against the Twins, uh, and then the Braves going into the sixth. So a few tough teams, especially with that Cardinals matchup, although the Cardinals have been losing a lot as of late. Um, yeah, they lost uh, to the Phillies today. Um, uh, Jake Arrieta and the Phillies got them, although Yachty had two home runs I saw, but um, regardless <laughs> that carry the team on the, his back. Yeah. Regardless. Uh, um, good to see the Phillies kind of beat up on the Cardinals a little bit there. Um, final two questions or topics we have. And if you guys want to chime in on the show, feel free to do so. Um, our email um, that you can email the show is uh, 108 bricks podcast at gmail.com. And also you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at 108 bricks pod. You can also, uh, like us and follow us on Facebook, um, which is at 108 Bricks, a Cubs podcast. And we thank you guys so much for sending us anything if you have or any questions or fo- following us on social media. We try to post as much as we can. At least the new episodes are posted yeah. on, on our social media. But retweeting stuff too, it's a lot of fun. Um, but Dylan, I, I just want to ask you this which Cubs player has surprised you the most this season so far? You know, it was a toss-up for me, and I originally was thinking Kyle Schwarber, just mm-hmm. with the turnaround that he's had with um, his his bat, and not and not only his bat, but his defense as well, being able to throw guys out, running the base pass, and uh, not the most spectacular plays. Uh, he's not definitely not a playmaker in the outfield when it comes to making catches, but he'll definitely be able to get the job done for normal fly balls. I don't really. It used to be. Uh, be a heart racer every time you saw a fly ball head out to left field and Schwarber's moving back on it. But now it's a pretty safe, safe bet that he'll be able to track one down and catch it. But uh, I think I, um, as many as well as a lot of other Cubs fans, go with Jason Hayward. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about him many a times on this show. It's funny because when we came into this year, we looked at their outfield as one of their weakest links. Obviously, center field, you have. Albert Almora and Ian Happ sort of trading off time out there. And both of them have done pretty well. Ian Happ obviously needs to fix his little strikeout issue. But um, Albert Almora has been playing out of his mind recently, making incredible catches, being great at the plate, walking off the Dodgers the night before. Yeah, He went through a little bit of a slump, but picked himself back up. He's a grinder. He goes out there. Definitely is a guy who deserves to be playing every day. But obviously, this is a Joe Madden lineup, so that will never happen. Yeah. But... Jason Hayward was a guy who has been under scrutiny for many years, and people keep looking at it as one of the worst Cubs free agent signings um, since, uh, during the uh, Theo Epstein era. But he seems to have been, so far at least, turning it around at the plate, currently batting 265, slugging 407 with a 739 OPS, which is pretty much close to 2015 level Jason Hayward, where he batted 293 with a 439 slugging and 797 OPS. So maybe we can even this, maybe this isn't even the best we've seen yet of Jason Hayward, but it's nice going up there and seeing pitchers not just go after him, but they, they actually pitch around him instead. He's been taking more walks than getting hits because they're scared. He's a guy who's hitting really well. And I hope it continues because we know Jason Hayward can hit the ball pretty well. Obviously, his glove is incredible. Five-time gold glove runner. 
incredible makes incredible plays uh out in right field gun to guy down at home plate today with the perfect throw so i hope the hitting continues i think the expectations for him were bad around 250 be an average guy but right now he's exceeding those expectations with hopes to go even better than that and i hope he can continue to do that so what's who's your guy you picked curtis yeah i think for me um who surprised me the most this season um in a negative aspect, I'm going to kind of look at it both ways on the positive aspect. Um, while I agree with you on Jason Hayward, I think Javier Baez for me is the, the big standout. I mean, we knew that the talent that Javi had, but seeing the contribution almost on a daily basis from him now is becoming more and more apparent. Um, another thing too, that I'll add about Jason Hayward is, um, I think we can now look at him in the lineup where we used to think, um, well, he's an automatic out, you know, whatever, but now it's like, okay, he's not, quite like that anymore you know since we've seen so much improvement from him i think cubs fans have kind of given him the benefit of the doubt and decided that you know he's not a guaranteed out as he used to be for the last year or two um but on the negative aspect tyler chatwood has been the biggest surprise for me um i i really had a lot of hopes for chatwood coming into this season um i remember watching him be really good against not only the Cubs, but just against other teams in general. And I thought getting him out of a, a Coors Field environment would have been really big. Um, and possibly we would have seen him become one of the best fifth starters in, in baseball. Um, but not the case because the walk numbers are an issue. And uh, I believe in his last start, he had six strikeouts and five walks or something like that. So he's still giving up the free pass. Um so that's a little bit big as a big surprise and more so, I guess a disappointment um, for me this season with him is just because of, you know, the, 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 the thought of you can bring in your pitching and they expect to perform, but for where with Chatwood, it's been kind of the opposite. We thought he would be way better and we haven't seen really any sort of sign of progressing um, and cutting down on the control and the walks and stuff like that. Um, and I'm not sure what quite the issue is anymore. I wonder if it's a mental thing, too, but you I never think, know. I think part it, of it it's, is it's mental. Tough. I think part of it at, at this point is a little bit mental because once he gives up one or two walks, I think it's, well, here we go again, and he can't quite get himself out of it. I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't. I, I wish I wish I had an answer or some sort of theory, but I, I don't have any sort of an answer or theory to it. Um it sucks too because he even it's in his last start against the Dodgers he walked five guys again but he only gave up one run so yeah. it's a little frustrating when you see it and but it's nice seeing that he's able to recover from these walks but he has 62 walks or 63 walks so far this season which is most than any Cubs pitcher had had last season well yeah and, and I mentioned yeah, it and last the only week. guy who was close was Lester who had 60 yeah and I mentioned it last week his career high in walks was like a, a three or four years ago or something like that. It was on the last episode, um, but it was like 79 or something like that in a full season. And mm-hmm. this year, it's it's nearly about to to pass that. To, in, yeah, he's going to surpass it if yeah, he keeps pitching more just, than likely. Yeah, and we might see a guy who throws 100 walks this year if he continues at this pace, um, which yeah. would be insane to think about. Um, anyways, though... Um, Final question and uh, topic related. Um, who, Dylan, who on this team is all-star worthy? You know, it's interesting because 
you look at the comparison around the league and it, it's it's tough to see that. I think all-star worthy, you can make a case for Javi. Um, you could definitely make a case for um, Chris Bryant. Um, God, it, it's tough. I think Javi's probably the most deserving out of any Cubs player so far. His batting average doesn't really show it, but with his glove on the field along with his power and sort of upswing that he's had this year, I think he's definitely the most deserving out of everyone on that team. And mm -hmm. when you look at the voting so far, there isn't a Cubs who uh, there isn't a Cubs player who is in line for the voting. I think the closest Cubs guy we have right now is Wilson Contreras for the catcher position, who's only um, like less than 30,000 votes behind Buster Posey yeah. where everything else, I, I Rizzo's not even going to come close to catching Freddie Freeman. I think he has the whole state of, uh, or the whole city of Atlanta behind his back <laughs> on that one. Um, Javi is about, uh, 30,000 behind Ozzy, uh, Albius or Albies. I can't pronounce that name, but, um, uh, he's pretty close behind, and hopefully fans can get behind and vote for that. Chris Bryant isn't even close to Nolan Arenado. And Radisson Russell's in third place, and in the outfield, our closest guy is Kyle Schorber. So I really think Javi is probably the guy we can get into the All-Star game. Maybe maybe we could also see Wilson Contreras in there as well, but I, I think Javi is the guy to go with in that situation. Yeah, I, I agree. Javi is definitely All-Star worthy. I think... Albert Almora has proven himself enough this year to. Which is to funny because he's not even in the talks. Maybe he'll get the nod as a uh, as a right in or something like that. Yeah. Um. I think John Lester, pitching wise, has been um, all star game worthy. Um. I think you could say Jose Quintana. Um. He even though he's had a few uh, a little minor hiccups here and there, he's still been pitching at a very high level, competitive level that I think he could deserve um, a nod for all star worthy. Um. You could say uh, Bryant and Rizzo and, you know, all those guys, too, um, to make the obvious. Um, but I think you just got so many other options, too. Um, I think you could even make a, a small case for Hayward with the recent stretch. But um, the, I know the All-Star break isn't until, like, the end of July or something like that. It's a while. Um, so with that being said, if he continues at hitting at this pace throughout the remainder of the month and through the whole month of July, I would be more than happy to vote him in too. Um, Schwarber, I think could get a nod too, but um, that's really it. I don't, I don't think Contreras has deserved an all-star nod because I think his offense has still been very concerning, at least the way I view it. Um, 10 of his 23 RBIs came in two games against the White Sox. So really, if you take out those two games, he's only got 13 RBIs on the season. So that's that's also a little bit concerning to me. His power numbers, we thought he was going to take a, a really big stride and, and maybe be in the MVP conversation. Um, it hasn't quite been that case with Wilson um, this year so far. Um, so hopefully he turns it around and you know he proves me wrong and gets in as an all-star. But um, I think it would be very tough as of right now to make a case yeah. to vote him in. I do want to make one more point, though. And I want to ask you what your thoughts are on this. But... How would you like to see Chris Bryant making more appearances as the leadoff man um, for the Cubs? To be honest, I, I don't know. Um, I still like the the order where it's like Zobrist or Almora leading off or some uh, somebody different leading off and then Hayward batting two and then 
uh, Bryant and Rizzo. Um, I've enjoyed that offensive production a little bit more. Um, even I wouldn't mind Javi leading off a little bit. Bryant, I mean, Joe does it because he likes to get, he hopes to get guys good pitches and try to get them out of these little slumps. But um, I'm more of the, the classic, I'm more of the old school thinking of try to get a guy who can get on base the most. I know Bryant's probably one of the best on the team to get on base, but I like the fact that you can have him to drive in runs. Well, and that's um, what I, and I think your first point there is why I like him in that position so much is he is a guy who's able to get on base. And especially with, um, we've seen in situations how kind of untimely his clutch hitting is. The the nicest way mm-hmm. I can put it there is why not put him in the leadoff, man, where in a lot of situations, you're going to be the guy who's going to be batting in a non-pressure situation where you're going to have no on, no outs, or maybe one guy and one out. It's a, your odds of being in a situation where you're going to have like a guy on first and second or a guy on second and third with two outs and you need to be the guy to get the hit is going to go down a lot more. And I think it just it takes a lot of the pressure off him. He We've definitely seen him producing a lot more in that role today um, and yesterday for that matter. Mm-hmm. And so why not just keep going with it? I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of going off the, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Yeah. Um, ideal here, but I don't know. I'm interested to see. I, I'd like to see maybe some consistency with that role. Maybe we can see I, him start I would to do like, more. I would be interested and it's in not seeing... like he's a, he's a terrible guy in the base pass. He's able to get on base. He was the guy who started that whole rally in the 10th inning the other night. When you have, and I think especially when you have a guy like Jason Hayward now, who now can not only threaten good base hitting or good base hitting, who now can only threaten the base hit or and some power, but he can threaten that home run in the number two position, which was pretty much where Bryant was slotted once in a while, and just keep it going, keep that sort of flow rolling, and see how it goes. And maybe if it doesn't work out, then we could switch things up, but. If Brian is comfortable hitting that position and we start seeing his stats improve with his hitting, let's just roll with it. Make Bryant the leadoff guy. See what happens. Yeah, I, I guess my concern is, um, or not even concern, I guess my the, the what would persuade me to um, determine whether or not I like Bryant batting leadoff is, I, I guess I'd want to look at the numbers of the differences between when Joe has a lineup set with, you know, in terms of production with Bryant at leadoff versus somebody else at leadoff. And right now we've got such a small sample size that I don't think. Well, that's also why I kind of want to see more of it too, is it feels at least my own general opinion is it feels successful so far. Mm -hmm. So let's just keep going with it. Let's get some more samples. Let's see what happens. Let's roll with it. And if it's continued, continues to be successful, great, let's keep going with it. If it's maybe faulting, okay, well, maybe it's time to change things up again. So Mm -hmm. who knows? I'm a fan of it. I like the idea of trying to get Bryant in less pressure situations. Even a guy with a power like him, why not make him a more of a leadoff role? He's definitely good at being able to get on pace with no men, no outs. So um, that's the perfect spot for him to be in right now. And let's just keep going until we see it not work anymore. Yeah. And I guess I would want to see a little bit more before I can, I guess, make that ultimate decision, I guess. I don't know. There's just, there's a a few things that I just like having 
reasoning. I just like having Bryant bet more in the in the cleanup spot. But um, but no, it it definitely has worked out recently. I I'm again I'm not like fully opposed of it. Um, I just I guess I want to see more sample size before I can determine whether or not I, I like him batting leadoff or not. Um, but yeah, that's that's really it for the show this week. Um, obviously they have a, a big series coming up with the Reds twice, and then uh, they go in the American league central back here at home. And then they go out or they're also out in LA too. So the Cubs are going to be busy uh, these next few weeks. So hopefully uh, we get some win streaks going here. West coast. So get ready to ruin your sleep schedule. If you want to watch those games, it's (laughs) going to be a blast. Exactly. All (laughs) right, guys, thank you so much for listening again, social media. You can follow us. I'm Curtis K underscore radio on Twitter. Oh, I thought you were going to say mine. Sorry. I spaced out there a little bit. I thought you were just going to roll with that. No. Uh, uh, I'm high underscore I'm underscore Bucks B-C-K. And, of course, you can follow the show on uh, Facebook, like 108 Bricks Podcast, a Cubs podcast, and also on Twitter at 108 Bricks Pod. We'll see you guys next week. Go Cubs.